Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Yusef. I'm Kevin Christie. Sound effect. <laughs> We're at the the bottom. That was meta. Of the, oh right, right. That was an alternative. Or you bit. could have been like sound, <laughs> sound. <laughs> yeah, like a roaring sound. Yeah. Um, well, this just means next time there's going to be a whole new. I'll spell it out or something stupid. Yeah. Or sing it out. R O A R. Something dumb. Period. <laughs> like a sad period. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Um, there's nothing sad about this episode, Kevin. Nope. Why? Because we have a fucking super funny guest who's also really nice and not oh, no. a dick in any way. Yeah. It's well, like well, when you have to say that in comedy because so many comics he's, are like... He's an exception to the rule. Yeah. <laughs> so many comics are like depressed or yeah. like angry or he bitter. He is an anomaly in and amongst our group of friends. Absolutely. He's funny. He's also successful. Yeah. He's really nice. He's a family man. Yeah. It's not a... Everyone likes him. If you described all the things about about him before you said comic, no one would ever guess, well, he must be a comedian for a living. Tom Hanks a comedy. I'm going to put... I'm gonna say yeah, that. there you go. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's stand-up's Tom Hanks. Steve Byrne. Steve Byrne. That's our dude, man. You may like him on his show Sullivan Son, or if you've just seen his stand-up, he's done. T- he's done he's specials. Had, um, I think he's working on a new one now. Okay, but he's had a few already that mm-hmm. you should see. He's very funny, very cool. From New York, he started there. He did that documentary. He gets into that a little bit. Yeah, where he did like thirteen sets in a night. Yeah, or whatever. And when you hear that as an LA comic, you're like, I'm moving. I'm moving to New York. <laughs> thirteen sets last month. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we get into a little bit of uh, a little bit of everything. Um, how, he, how he eats like a garbage disposal. <laughs> yeah. When we were on when the road, Steve like, goes on the road. This dude eats like a oh, yeah. college student that's trying to die, and he doesn't look like it. So it was, no, it was it's so fr- shocking when I first saw it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you guys, I think you guys will like it. Um, we we kind of didn't get into like too much, so he's one of those ones we're gonna have back. Yeah. Um, he's just a fun guy to talk to, so we didn't get into a ton of his history, I don't think. But he's just, you know, we just talk a bunch of shit. Yeah, um, we got it like a good amount of stand-up talking, which is rare on this show, right? Uh, which people like. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank you for not talking about stand-up for an hour. I think it's good to talk to about stand-up with someone as accomplished as him, though. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Not one of our like garbage friends. Yeah, not like <laughs> so this club sucks. And, you know, yeah. um, Steve's done a ton. So like oh, I yeah. want to hear from someone like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what do we? Uh, we did American Comedy Company last night, and uh, it was we wanted a lot of fun. It went really well, and we want to thank all the people that came out. Yes, you guys are awesome for coming, and for those of you that didn't, fix it <laughs> yeah. next time. Fix that <laughs> part of your heart that doesn't let you experience yeah. joy. Why didn't you drive to San Diego from literally wherever you live? Arizona. Yeah. New Mexico. Yeah. Fucking. Live. Buffalo, New York. I don't care. Fullerton. I don't care if you live in La Jolla. You should have fucking made the trek to. Yeah, La Jolla is like uh, physical distance wise, it's uh, close to downtown San Diego. Yeah. But as far as like culture goes and and financial brackets, it's further than Buffalo, New York. Different hemispheres. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So anyway, that was fun, and we hope to do you know more of those. Yeah. uh, Occasionally awesome themed shows. Um. What do we got to uh, plug? I don't know that I have much. I think, well, I'll be at the comedy store. Um, likewise. Oh, just, yeah. <laughs> that was it. Follow me on Twitter. I know I have something December 7th. I forget where it is. That's <laughs> I forget the name of it. It's in the valley, and I'll tweet it. 
Um, <laughs> Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> it's, like, it's at like a Jewish community center, but I don't know the name of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That should be fun. But I know Joe DeRosa's on the lineup. Lineup's good. Oh, yeah. He's funny. So, yeah, it should be worth going to. Um, and then subscribe to us on iTunes, obviously, if you're listening to this from somewhere that's not iTunes. Uh, right. Leave us some comments, reviews. You know, Rate tell, it. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Because uh, we like hearing that stuff. We're on SoundCloud, All Things Comedy, Stitcher. Go to All Things Comedy. They just added a new podcast today, uh, Dan St. Germain, oh, okay. called My Stupid Friends. That's a good and, name. Uh, yeah, and that's a great name. <laughs> and go and uh, yeah, check out all the podcasts. They're always adding new ones, and they're always good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, All Things Comedy is only growing. They're going to have a store soon where you can buy products. F yeah. We're going to have a t-shirt. F, F yeah. That I'm going to draw, so Triple F yeah. your fucking debit card. So if, you, if you like our, uh, our podcast cover art, that was done by... Kevin Christie and a graphic designer at um, Comedy. I and I supervised by going please do this because yep. I don't know what I'm doing that was my supervisor I'm going to do a t-shirt that you're going to want to buy guys I'm going um, to do it I'm going to give it all my heart and it's going to be a I, I guarantee I'm, I'm going to say this right now it's going to be a fucking banger oh shit this shit's I'm going to go hard we're going to it's going to involve extremely well done type and extremely well done other things. How much will you get laid when you wear this shirt? If you're if you're a male. I don't know that women respond to sweet ass t shirts. Okay, what if you're a female and you're wearing it? If you're a, a female and you wear this, dudes will be like, Whoa, girl. Yeah. You're cool as hell. So you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna it get It won't married. have our names on it or our faces, so you won't be embarrassed. You won't look like a super fan. It's just gonna be a cool image out that that we'll come up with. And you'll just want to wear it. Which is even cooler because those in the know will be like, dude, is that an occasionally awesome shirt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have a conversation. And yep. someone will overhear it and be like, what, is, what are you guys talking about? Yep. And then the underground will know. It'll, we want all our products to just be an opportunity to be pretentious. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Someone uh, critiqued this. They were, they were like, it's the best hipster anti-hipster. That's I how they described our podcast, which I thought was pretty good. I think I saw that. Yeah, I think that was a good way to, to describe it. There was another there was another comment that was like, I normally don't listen to podcasts, but I like all this jeans, yeah. art, and <laughs> yeah. music talk. And I'm like, are there not any podcasts that do that? Maybe that's our thing. Probably not, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's our thing. Yeah, look, it's what we love. Uh, our denim line will be coming out soon. <laughs> I, would, I would fucking kill a denim line. Yeah, with the and the on the on the back, it would just say like the OA, and then no, the, there'd be nothing on your the back, size dude. number. Nothing. But on they the already back. there's a the company that does that. Yeah, it's called well, unbranded. I would do it better. Yeah, <laughs> You'd I have tried like to, less than nothing on it. <laughs> I tried to fuck with those unbranded. Didn't fit right. Yeah. Wasn't pleased with them. Oh, we're gonna go ahead and fix that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we're gonna start our own country. Oh wait, no, that's down the line. That's the first. We'll do the shirt. I just want a county. Okay. I want Steve Byrne success, where I'm well liked and and I'm successful, but people aren't mad at me. Yeah. That's what I want. Dude doesn't have enemies. People just like him. It's great. That's true. That's how great is that? That is true. Helps out his friends. I mean, it's you know ideal. Yeah, you're doing it extra right if you like. Yeah. If people like what you do, and then no one like hate like has a fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly. That's what. That's the goal. That in the t-shirts. Yeah, there's a handful of people that pull that off. Um, So enjoy this episode with Steve Byrne, you guys. You're one of the busiest people I know. Is that true? I think it is. I think of you as busy because I don't see you that often. Yeah, that was what I was thinking on the. On the I was thinking <laughs> I'm that on so the busy. Drive I'm not over. here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I like to keep busy. Yeah. But I think having, now that I have like a wife and a daughter, it's it slowed me down a bit more. So I don't, I, I think too, when you're like a younger comic, you, I don't know if it's like an insecurity, but you always, I, at least I always felt the need to go up every night as much as I could all the time. Yeah. And I think as I've gotten older and a little more comfortable, I, I kind of take my foot off the gas pedal a bit. I have a sense now of like what a going and doing a spot will actually do for me. I'm like, I know what that will be like. And yeah. I know, and I can see it from enough perspective to be like, that's not going to, yeah. I'm going to cancel gonna, that. Yeah. That's not going to yeah. help anyone. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's only going to hurt. I think yeah. like when I thought busier than I like wife, kid, stand up TV show that to me, I'm like, you're bi- increasingly more busy. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. I, but, but it's like, it, it's, it's like a good busy. Cause it's like, like when you love doing stand-up, when you love working on a show, like it never feels like you're busy. It never feels yeah. like work. It just feels like, this is fun. I'm fucking doing this. This is great. Is it weird getting what you want? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you know, the crazy thing is that I was, you know, talking to my wife the other day. I literally have a show on. Yeah. I, I'm See, you're going take... into the third season, which that's the real hump. That's so People rare. People think season yeah. two is yeah. the hump. It's not. Season three is the hump. Because they're not giving you a chance at that point. They're like, you're one of our TV shows. Right. It's... But, but there's added pressure now. It's like, plus we got an extra three episodes. So it's like, yeah. now you got to really, you can't get complacent. The pressure, yeah. I don't think, I don't think there's a version of TV where the pressure lessens ever. You're, you're co- absolutely correct. Yeah. You, you never get a chance to celebrate ever. No, never. Because I remember we sold the script. This is work and worry. Yeah, you you sell the script. Okay, you hope to make the pilot. They make the pilot. You hope it goes a series. It goes a series. You hope you get the ratings the first week. (laughs) Then you hope the ratings increase the second week and the Mm -hmm. third and the fourth. And then week five, you hope to get the average. And Yeah. Yeah. So it it just, you're right. You just never get to fully enjoy it you're doing it. It's your show. You're not just an actor on it. Yeah. You weren't just like, this is your like baby. Yeah. Yeah. It is my Mindy project. (laughs) (laughs) The burn project. It is your Mindy project. But when you were saying, what is it like when you get everything? Well, not everything, but like to have a... a To me, like if more than three things went right in a row, like uh, to me, and I'm very lucky, one thing will go right a lot. Like out of every five times, one thing will go right. But like to have them keep going, like where you have, you've had like basically a, a few years where you're like, all right, it happened again. All yeah. right, everyone be cool. <laughs> no one, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, I've, I almost feel like a lot of times stand-ups think of themselves as the un- perpetual underdog. Yeah, I think, well, I think most of us got into it because we are at heart underdogs. Yeah. Because yeah. you were never the cool guy. You, you not homecoming king. I mean, most of us are pretty much dorks. Yeah. I mean, I ran into uh, Bobby Moynihan last night, mm-hmm. and I don't really know him at all, but I love him on Saturday Night Live. And we got talking, and we just started talking comics and graphic novels and Jim yeah. Lee, and yeah. we talked for like an hour, and I could have that conversation with so many comedians yeah. that are, I think, for yeah, most and, of them, And when you dorks. realize in that is you're like, oh, someone spent a lot of time in their room. Did yeah. you grow up like a dork or cool? Because when you meet, like I met you as an adult, obviously, yeah. <laughs> and you were like, no, for real, like when I was, you moved to LA, you started yeah. in New York, you moved to LA, and I was working at the comedy store, I was like young comic door guy kind of thing. And you move there, and you're like, good-looking dude into sports, you know, good with the chicks and stuff like that. I was just like, oh, that's he's one of the comics that was like always cool growing no. up, and then happened to be well, funny. I didn't know who you. I didn't know who you were at all, and you were on the in the. You did that. I think it was that when Louis Anderson had that show. 
at the, oh, at God, the store yeah. and you were on stage. I'd never seen you. It was like a Sunday yeah. and you were on stage. You were killing super hard and Ari was, I go, who the hell is this fucking guy? Yeah. Because yeah. I'd never seen you. He goes, oh, it's Steve Byrne, New York crusher. And I was like, <laughs> so in my head, I was like, so all New York guys are really cool then. Yeah. <laughs> like that to me, like if you came from New York, you were like some sort of like gang leader with a leather jacket. Yeah. And then Dove came next and I was like, I'm right. It yeah, was a yeah. gang leader with a leather jacket. Dove is an odd bird. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's, he's great. But I, I think that's, you know, there's something about New York City, I think starting there, especially where, you know, there's just so many damn clubs. Yeah. So you could get up as much as you wanted every single night, and I just loved it. I just loved every second of it. And people was like, you know, what is, what, what is it like to do stand-up that much or whatever? Yeah. I always thought it's like when you first meet a girl and you can't stop thinking about her and you want to call yeah. her all the time. Mm-hmm. That's how I still feel about stand-up. I just, I, I got to see her every night. Yeah. It's that kind of euphoria. Yeah. I mean, there were so many clubs that you did a documentary on it. Yeah, a, a shitty you know I mean? doc- Well, I apologize for the material because I did this, and I somebody asked me about. It. I can't believe it was ten years ago, but it was yeah. in two thousand three. And if you think my act sucks now, <laughs> I mean, if you didn't Old. like my act now, then you would have fucking hated it back then. Old it was jokes horseshit. are just the worst. the worst. Oh, How it's is like there a gangrenous uh, limb? And you can't like now if you're starting as a comic, you can't. There's even less chance that you escape that because everything yeah. is recorded. Yeah, like eight years ago. I mean, I had so many bad sets that no one will ever, ever see or ever, ever <laughs> hear. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? They're on a, literally on a, one of those little micro tape recorders. That was the only thing that anyone uh, recorded yeah. on. Clubs didn't have cameras. No one had yeah. cell phones. All that bad material, the stuff you're working out just went away. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> And now so it's beautiful. like everything is online. Yeah. That's why I, when, those, when those young comics, like it's been a year or two and they're posting videos and come see me, it's yeah. like, you don't want <laughs> anybody like, to no! see you. Yeah. Don't show that shit. Yeah. Don't post it. Yeah. Keep it to yourself. Your hands are still you, like shaking you while you uh, hold the mic. Exactly. Don't show it. There was a night when we all drew names and did impressions of each other at the store on like a Monday. That's how little the crowd, that's how small the crowd was back then. Yeah. And it was now. literally like we could do whatever. So like we drew names. David Taylor got me. Yeah. And his only impression was my hand shaking while I held the uh. mic. Because <laughs> I hadn't been doing it long enough. I had not a memorable joke. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I was talking to... Uh, I think it was Doc. Mm-hmm. You know, the, our, Doc uh, Willis, comedian, also yeah, uh, works the lot. Works the lot. And full was, of anger. Full <laughs> of anger. He was asking me, like, when do you know you're a co- comic or something like that? I, and he was, ha- he was like a nice, heartfelt conversation yeah. or whatever. And I, I said, Doc, I'll be honest. I think most guys think it's when you can do an hour and you headline. I think it's honestly where you can embrace the silence. That's when... You're a real comic when you can stand there and your hand doesn't shake, yeah, yeah, and you're not rattled, and you know, okay, this is part of it. I I just got to be better than this, but you're always going to be in that situation because if you're always writing, those moments are going to happen on yeah. a daily basis. I was bombing once at the store on a Wednesday. I went up first, just just a, I like a legit full fifteen minutes of bombing, <laughs> just from front to back, nothing but silence, <laughs> and and I get, and it was the night of the, I get off stage and Argus comes up to me and goes, "You got it, kid. You're not afraid to bomb." <laughs> and I was like, yeah. "That doesn't sound right or feel right, but okay." But it's, it's true though. Yeah, I mean, you got it. You kind of get a like, giggle when like when I tell a joke now that just fully eats it. You're like. You're like, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoo, thought that yeah. one was going to work. <laughs> like, it's kind of funny. You're like, all right, fine. I had a night at the at the comedy store. It was like right after I got 
passed. I became a paid regular, and I was like, fuck yeah, man. I'm going to get spots, and I'm going to start getting good. This is it. Yeah. I'm going to meet a lot of girls. Yeah, I'm yeah, fuck yeah. My yeah. It's on. It's Leather jackets a- and a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I had an opening spot one night, right? And you go up cold. So it's just a piano guy does the intro, welcome to the show, and then you go on. So I went on, and I just start tanking. And I'm like, whatever. I was so happy to have like real spots, starting, starting to get real spots. So I go five, six, seven minutes. It's not getting any better. I'm just eating shit. And I was just like, and by that point, I'm like, I've bombed so much. I'm like, whatever. It's just, yeah. it's just a bad set, but I'm just going to finish it and then get off. And then um, I didn't get the light. And you get the light at 12 out of 15. <laughs> there weren't any other comics there. Oh, really? And so I had to keep going. And I'm like, fuck, now I got to bomb for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, but again, I'm like, whatever. I'm just going to eat shit. Opening's not an easy spot anyway. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. At around minute 15 or 16, 17, um, I look into the back. You can see the back hallway, you know, when you're on stage. Mitzi's coming in. Oh, this is God. back when she was still like oh, kind of running things and everyone f- was in, you know, total fear anytime she was there. <laughs> right. And I see her in the back and then that whole like I'm cool with bombing thing starts to slowly go away. <laughs> My hands start shaking. I was like, oh, God. And then she comes in. She sits down and it's so quiet at this point while I'm on stage. All I hear in the back is Mitzi's voice going. Why is it so quiet in here? Oh, my God. And you hear oh a God. couple comics in the back laugh. <laughs> and then me, I felt the sweat start yeah. to bead down my forehead. I'm yeah. like, I haven't been this nervous on stage in so long. I end up doing 22 minutes because oh. nobody was there. Where the oh. hell was Argus Hamilton? I don't yeah. know. The next three comics just weren't there. And wow. then finally someone showed up and I was just like, I got that light and I was like, thank you, good night. And I just got the <laughs> fuck off stage, walked right by Mitzi, didn't even look at her. Yeah. It was you passed, so, though, so it's not like I was already passed. Yeah, so like, you can't take so. it away from me. Well, I got passed and then she told Tommy never to let me perform again. So I had to hide what? from her for like a year. Wow. Yeah. Really? She she passed me, liked me, and then <laughs> saw me again and was like, get rid of him. And then so I hid. So I basically hid from her for like a year and a half. Then she came back in and saw me and was like, I thought I said get rid of him. Oh, my God. And wow. Tommy was like, well, everybody likes him, and he does really well. And she's like, well, okay. <laughs> That's great. I remember yeah. I bombed. I bombed. At, at, I, I opened for Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah, I want... You, you can't just drop that like a yeah. sorry, sorry, yeah. Like as if so, we've all done it. Like so the time I opened from Oh the Mariah Carey gig. Yeah, uh, guys, it was during the yeah. infamous Charm Bracelet tour. Not to <laughs> name drop, but uh no, I was working at the Cleveland Improv and they had this outdoor uh performance space yeah. that was right next to the improv. And the opening act, I guess, was a comedian that didn't show up. So the manager ran in. Like her manager runs in the comedy store and, or the, the improv and goes, uh, can we get a comic over here to open up the show? And they go, yeah, this guy can do it. And I, I just I just gotten off stage and I went over and did it. And then they're like, okay, great. Well, you want to go on tour with this? I was like, well, yeah, fuck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I made no money. but Which, I, by the way, makes no sense. Yeah. Wait, literally no money? Made or no money. I got like, I think I got $200 a show. I got a little bit. Okay. For a but, show that was grossing $800,000. Yeah. Yeah, for a multi-million I, dollar tour. I probably, yeah. And I had to pay for all my transportation. Great. So I, was thought, Perfect. I thought, well, I'm going to do it for the experience of performing in front of thousands of people yeah. Oh, yeah. To, to learn how to do that. That's, that was, I was just like, I'm going to learn. So I, 
I learned. I learned. <laughs> <laughs> I did a uh, Red Rock Amphitheater and uh, <laughs> in the way a horse learns to be beaten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go to Red Rocks and and uh, uh, you know it's that classic, ladies and the lights go down, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to where I carry. The place goes crazy and literally. And now Steve Byrne. And now Steve just Byrne. Quiet. Ugh. Not even like he's a comedian. Nothing. And comics have always heard those stories of like that kind of intro and it happened to me. I'm like, oh, oh fuck man. you. And I went out and I was digging myself kind of out of a hole and it started going okay. And then I, I told a joke that just fucking bombed. And it's all chicks and gay dudes oh at this concert. God. And it's 15,000 people. And just way off in the distance, I, I tell this joke and it bombs. And I just hear, where's Mariah? <laughs> and I was like, fuck. And then it's a red rock, so it's echoing <laughs> yeah, through. Echoing. But the acoustics were great when he said <laughs> yeah, it. He really, yeah. was His heckle was beautiful, and there was an eagle in the background and a sunset. Yeah. It was lovely. <laughs> I remember when you first told me that you, you had started opening for musicians. And I was like... Because I'm a huge music guy, and I was like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. I would love to do that. And you're like, no, you don't. Don't. I remember D- Dice said that was the most terrified he's ever been when he opened for Guns N' Roses. He's like, I was shaking in my fucking boots. Because they're don't. I <laughs> and mean, if he's scared. Yeah. A friend of mine you know? was like, hey, you should. He goes, you know, because we're kind of friends with the Kings of Leon. He's like, maybe you could like open a show. I was like, under no circumstances. Yeah. I actually opened for them. Oh, yeah? And you did? Wow. Yeah. Uh, in Maryland, in D.C., I think, I opened for them for like two stops. And it was like this Camel Cigarettes tour. Mm-hmm. So they had a band, and then they had like this burlesque show, and then a comedian. And I right. well, I went up before the band. And uh, I opened for like Puddle Mud, and I got <laughs> beer cans tossed to me. Oh, Puddle of Mud to do two Ds? Yeah, that was horrible. But Kings of Leon, they were the only band I worked with that like watched the show. They love laughing, And then... I hung out with them afterwards. They were the only band that actually hung out. Yeah. I hung out with them afterwards. and They're really good friends with Swartzen. Like, they love stand-up. And oh, like, really? Yeah, they're really into comedy Swartzen and stuff. knows everybody. Yeah. And he oh, brought, yeah. like, Brandon Flowers to the improv. And I'm like, that's my fucking favorite band. I love the oh, Killers. Really? Well, they're Killers mo- you're more favorite band than Oasis now? No, Oasis is my okay. favorite of all, all times. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love Oasis. Okay. Always love Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I could definitely like Oasis sometimes. I like that they hate each other and sometimes fight. Yeah. There, there That's was like your a favorite time part. Where it was, it was awesome. But Noel Gallagher could be a stand-up comedian if he wanted to, because every Funny. Oh, yeah. interview he's ever done, I've gotten the Q magazine, I got an yeah. NME, and I read mm-hmm. them, and they're fucking hilarious. And I'm like, that he is dude. funny. I like when I, I always found it funny when Liam was calling Paul McCartney a nipple over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like super wasted. He was like, after the Beatles, nothing is a fucking nipple. Like, he just kept calling him a nipple. So weird. Morons. They just, yeah, they don't. They could have been a great comedy duo. They could have, and they could have been a great band, but they they blew it all out after Morning Glory. They got too coked up on Be Here Now, and then after Be Here. That's now, a Noel in an interview was like, he's like, we sold eight million copies of Be Here Now. He's like, and it was a piece of shit. We were so coked up. Yeah. He's like, bands will work their entire career and not sell that much. He's like, we yeah. fucking goofed off and sold eight million copies. Yeah. After after there's some songs on that record I like though. Be Here Now is great, yeah. Uh, if the songs were like four minutes, they'd be awesome. Yeah. But it's like there's no need for a seven-minute opus. Uh, and all the, all around the world is just like, that's a shitty song. What was the one with the helicopters in the video? You know I what I mean? Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. That's oh, that was one. pretty Again, good. Again, that's a seven-minute song. Yeah. Three and a half minutes. It's so they just went good. Champagne Supernova for the whole second album. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I love a good indulgent jam album where you're like, oh, someone tried to get arty and lost a bunch of fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that shit. Well, would they ever get back together, you think? I don't. 
I, his new I band's not good. Liam's new band is not that BDI great. BDI stinks. Yeah. And Noel's, Noel's new solo band. stuff is awesome. There's He's a great stuff. songwriter. Yeah. He's a very good songwriter. He was like the brains behind that Well, that's what he always said. He's like, if I'd have just done it by myself, I'd, just, I'd be massive. <laughs> Oasis would be massive, and we'd we'd never have had any problems. Yeah, he's like, all th- those would have been my first hit singles, and I'd be huge. Yeah. Instead, I brought along Dum Dum, and we just keep imploding. Yeah, and 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 you're right that that BDI album, both of them have you know the first one stunk, the second one was tolerable, but I well just, the first one is like it. they're when you're writing songs about rock and roll, I'm like, oh, you're out of ideas. Yeah. Like, it's like, we just came to rock. It's like... Uh, yeah, usually, like, the second album is because you're touring so much. There's a lot of, like, on yeah. the road. And you're like, yeah. oh, we got it. You're in a tour bus. <laughs> yeah. Write about anything else besides what you're seeing in front of your but face. But what was great about <laughs> them, I think, is what happens to a lot of bands is where... I think the reason everybody loved Oasis like I did was they were young, they were optimistic. We're going to yeah. do this. We're going to be awesome. I'm going to be a rock and roll star. Yeah. I'm like, I'm game because that's all the shit I want to do. And then the minute they got it, their music stunk. Yeah, it got it got depressing. It became morose. I mean, the last album, it's it's just really fucking depressing and downer. And that's not the reason why I got into them in the first place. It, it's I think being brash is like the hardest thing to maintain. Yeah, yeah. It's same thing we we're talking about with you. But like you're the underdog. You're a new band. You you know you're trying to get you're trying to like break free from the pack. And then when you're on top, it's like everyone's like, well, now you're the guy everyone kind of hates. You're like, well, I have nothing yeah. to complain about, really. Yeah. So what am I going to talk about? I I always I want to hear comedian. I'm really interested to hear comedian talk about being loaded, in Jerry a way that's Seinfeld like honest. Doesn't. Yeah, just like I'm fucking re- like tell me that like Louis C.K. that thing where he's like it's like I was flying first class because like and he was trying he started to like explain he goes well I fly first class all the time he goes yeah. my life and your life is not the same okay <laughs> and it's yeah. like yeah I want to hear about that's interesting to me I don't I'm not mad at him for being successful but I think right. we were so afraid of it but he's also earned earned it though, totally too, you know because he's. He's earned it through his career because you've gotten to know him and you're familiar with him and you know that his life has changed because yeah. of the success of the show and, and his do hour you, specials. Do you kind of feel nope. the need to... <laughs> <laughs> do you feel the kind of need to kind of discount your success because you know so many people who you feel are great and maybe didn't have the same level? And you, so you kind of... Do you feel like you downplay it sometimes? Oh, in front of other comics, absolutely. Yeah. Like I never ever like to be celebratory in front of another person or I killed or anything because look, this... This gig is tough enough. It's yeah. it's a hard fucking gig. And for example, I ran it. I had this happen to me. Jim Jeffries, who I ran into a few times at the Improv, and we were always kind of cool with each other. And I have a friends that do this radio station in Tampa, and he talked a lot of shit about my show and I guess shit about me. Really, I never heard the clip or anything. Oh wow! And then the radio station called me later on, and next time I was down there, they asked me about it, and I was like, you know. I'm not going to trash his show. I'm not going to trash him. He can say whatever he wants about me. I'm very happy with the success I've had. I've worked very hard for it. I got the dirt underneath my fingernails to prove it. But I also know how difficult it is to be a, a stand-up comic, A, to tour, or B, to tour, and then C, to, to get a show and not only develop a show, but get it on the air and then keep it on the air. Yeah. So I was like, uh, you know, I wish him all the luck in the world. I hope he succeeds. Yeah. And I hope his show is successful just as a comedian. Yeah. So I, I personally would never slag somebody, you know, on the air or whatever. I, if you do, maybe do it to my face or something. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I thought that was weird. And I just think being a stand-up is so fucking, so fucking hard. I, I mean, that's the thing. I, 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 everyone, I, every human that does stand-up comedy, I feel like a, a, a pr- I want to protect them. 
I, I want to defend <laughs> yeah. them. I get very defensive if someone shits on stand-ups. Yeah. Like, it's like, to me, we're, they're all family to me. And I don't care what you're doing on stage. I don't care if you're any kind of, whatever kind of co- comedian people say they don't like, if it's whatever. Right. I'm like, no, no, but that person goes up there by themselves yeah. and tries yeah. to make people laugh. Writes and that's their material. Yeah, that's their only, that's, they're just up there trying to make people laugh. And yeah. I just, I get very defensive of it. I just, I want comics to succeed. I just do. The only problem I have in terms of the broad scope of stand-up is that there is a alt scene that is a little snobby on <laughs> yeah. mainstream comics and that I don't get and I don't appreciate because I, I find value in alt comedy. I find value in a lot of those comics that are popular. I, I'm yeah. like, I get it and I, 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 I laugh at the stuff too. I, you know, it's a little esoteric but for me, I totally understand why but I think that there's a snobbery on that side of the fence and I'm just like, I just don't think it's just. It doesn't make sense that you're absolutely right there is and I, and we're, me and Nick kind of both I think travel in both scenes a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it is. It seems unnecessary. It's like, yeah, I, like the blue collar comedy tour is not taking my fans. Yeah, that's and I'm I, not taking theirs. So I like, why? What are you mad about? Really, that's snobbery because that that whole scene kind of was born as like, as as an answer to mainstream comedy, all the shticky stuff and all that. You know, it, it's yeah. they started becoming more storyteller ironic. But now it's become mainstream. It, it's now the mainstream. It's, it's flipped. yeah, yeah and, it and, for sure is the mainstream. Yeah, what I do is really what you could consider alternative comedy right now because I'm not part of you that take crew. take the mic off the stand? Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I just don't understand like putting the notepad up there yeah. and everybody's yeah. got the notepad and the notepad to me just says... I didn't it's memorize an, It's an this. insecurity thing. It's like, hey, you know what? If this joke bombs, it's on this piece of paper so it doesn't yeah. count. It's like, no, it should count. I've always agreed that a lot of what you see up there in the alt scene is insecurity. It's that if I don't sell this joke this hard, it was just a dumb well, joke. Well, it's also, it's also that there's certain things when the, the comics enter that scene, there's certain things they feel like they have to do because that's part of the scene. Like, oh, have a notebook. Act like I don't care about any of my jokes. But yeah. it's like, you watch a lot of these guys or that you, you used to more... They would have notebooks, but the, the stuff was memorized. It would become just a prop. Yeah. And you're like, well, you don't have to do that. You can be like an alt comic or whatever. Just put the fucking notebook away. And you can memorize your shit. I've always felt this, the luminaries of that scene aren't like that. They're not at all. They yeah. go up and try. They work like, the road. Maria they Bamford do material goes about on the everything. Road. She does voices. There yeah. are characters. And she's fucking brilliant. It's like yeah. Patton, Patton goes up and performs. There's like, he yeah. does, like, he does the same kind of stand-up you do. Like, it's not different. Yeah. But, yeah. like, people want to make it. It's weird to me that comedians want to be mad at other comedians. And the thing for me, too, I think, is that that whole alt scene, uh, I think that they, they, they need home field advantage. They can mm. never be the visiting team. They need to perform in front of people that get that type of humor. Mm-hmm. And the minute you escape that and you perform in different venues, which you're going to perform in as a comedian, oh, yeah. then you, you don't have the experience of being a visitor on the other side. So you know, when Rob Delaney, for example, goes on Kimmel, and I, that set, I saw, and look, he's great tweets, and I'm sure he's a nice guy, but you know, had a difficult set on Kimmel, I was like, well, that's, that's, that to me is um, an example of, of someone that's just performed at UCB or where he's comfortable as opposed to doing the road and getting the experience and becoming a, a real comic. And, and maybe that's not the end goal for him or for any of those guys. I get it. And you just perform in front of your mm-hmm. audience because you found your audience. But I think at some point as a comedian, if you're going to attain success you're going to perform on The Tonight Show or yeah. talk shows in front of normal people. Or if you want to have a television show where people tune in and actually you have viewership and you want to get ratings, 
Well, you got to be a little more broad and appeal to people well, as that, well. I, I say that to comedians a lot. Is uh, There seems to be a step they skip where none of them learn how to act. And so they develop this voice and they develop these things. And then there's like, okay, it's time for my show. And it's like, well, can you act at all? And they're like, well, <laughs> I don't ah, know. Kind of, it's like you, there's a camera, man. And you got yeah. like, to sell it to the camera and there's going to be a thing. And these aren't going to be your words a lot of the times. Like, yeah. you, you, I'm sure you get lots of your own jokes on your show. But a lot of those, a lot of the writing's done by other people. Yeah. So you need to be able to act the words of someone else's brain. And that's not the same as doing stand-up. It's just not. Yeah. The bottom line is like what like you're saying, the best comics can just play any room. Yeah. You just play well, I remember, all I the rooms. I think Ren Azizi told me a story where like Kevin James popped in at the improv once or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like a real heavy alternative night. Just like, you know, the cool kids. And he was in there, and he tell people like, "Oh, Kevin James gonna help me." He's like, "Okay, watch this." Uh-huh. Yeah, and then just lit the fucking room on fire. That's it's a like, pro, yeah, yeah. Just like I, I saw, I mean, uh, you see that a lot with guys that it, my friend went and went to the Chicago James. Yeah, our friend James Hughes went to the Chicago Comedy Festival, and he goes, "You know who fucking was my favorite? Jim Brewer." He goes, yeah. Brewer decimated. It was his. He's like, I, I was like, I almost shit. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> he's like, it was so fucking funny. I hadn't seen the dude, his stand up in years. It was so good. And it's like, I imagine tons of people in that audience had their minds changed by like, yeah, the guy's a pro. Yeah. And there is, I think there is something to that, like being a pro, like going, having clubs. There is something to club skills. Whereas, yeah. like, you know, the comedy store, you don't get a similar crowd ever. It's different. It's a cross-section. Yeah. yeah. And, and look, theaters, you can do theaters if you want. But at some point, you're going to end back in the clubs. Yeah. Because you got, if, if you want to work in a theater, well, you got to sustain working in theaters. And that means you got to stay relevant. You got to have a show on. You got to yeah. still be visible on TV mm-hmm. or whatever. Or Very hard to so, maintain. And that's, that's the fucking hardest thing. And I've seen through the years, every improv comedy club you go to you see the flyer of the people that are coming in and you see people that have gone off and, and done theaters and then they come straight back to the club within a few years yeah. yeah so the clubs are always going to be there for you yeah uh, to provide an income as a comic so i think you do need to appeal and, and be and able I, to i always feel that ha- you know a lot of times a large portion of a club audience isn't there to see the headliner they're there to see stand-up comedy yeah they got tickets or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like that's their not, night out. On yeah, a they're not necessarily fans of the person. They're like, let's go to a stand-up show. And I can attest to that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah they in call Los me Angeles. Steve Groupon Burn. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> like comedy in a big city like L.A. New York. I don't know about New York as much, but in he- here it's like stand-up comedy is like number nine or ten on a list of things to do on a weekend. Like whenever yeah. I meet. People that like at the factory, at the store, wherever, they're just like, yeah, I've never been here. I'm like, You've, I've never really seen live stand-up. I'm like, what? Yeah. How long have you lived in LA? Oh, just, you know, like 15 years. I'm like, and you've never, yeah, we just thought, I don't know, maybe we'll try this. <laughs> it's never like a thing they seek out. Yeah. Unless they have yeah. like some, you know, they're like obsessed with Well, and I, I mean, I think it's a thing most people don't, so you don't, you honestly don't know how it's going to work. And I, everyone I know is like, I don't want to go and have the guy shit on me. Yeah. It's like, that's yeah. pretty rare, but I get that you would have that as a fear. It's like, I could just stay home and YouTube him. <laughs> yeah. I could YouTube that lineup and not have, not run the risk of someone calling me a jerk off. It's so funny. They they have the fear of public speaking. Yeah. And then they also <laughs> have the fear of a public speaker trashing them. Yeah. It's like going to see comedy is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, beginning to end. It's for a some no people. win situation. I've for I mean, I've always said uh, stand up comedy is a hard sell because it's sort of, especially in a club, it's sort of expensive. And if you you know, on a showcase room like the store, you're going to see ten comics. Yeah, 
you're probably not going to like five of them. Not because they're not good, but they're just not your taste. Oh, yeah. It's too varied of a group of people. You know, if you love Sebastian, you may not love me. Right. Or if you, you know, if you loved Argus, you may not love Neil. Or you may, you know, it depends on who it is. It's just you're not going to like probably a handful of the people. So you're going to be a little pissed. Yeah, yeah. And like inherently, <laughs> you're just like, well, that, yeah, I like that guy. I liked, uh, I liked one sixteenth of them. <laughs> like, you're like, I like three jokes from that one guy and, and everything and else I hated. Most likely, you're going to be insulted at some point. At some point. Because there's a lot of. Uh, one comic's going to be pissed you don't love him. Yeah. Like you guys fucking. <laughs> Enough about Bobby Lee. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of our podcast, actually. Enough about Bobby Lee. Yeah. Enough about Bobby Lee. <laughs> um, you know what you do when you go on the road that's great is when you do local news. Oh, yeah. And then you just get weird. I just figure I nobody's love watching it. it. Nobody <laughs> gives a shit. I love it. And if somebody's flipping through the channels, it's just like, I don't care if I don't get asked back here again. Yeah. So I'm just gonna get. I'm just gonna fuck around. This where you were in Texas once, where you just took your shirt off. Yeah, I've done that. That's been a go-to a few times. That's your I'm closer. Like, now who's now who's had enough of Bobby now, Lee? Enough, <laughs> but enough with Bobby Lee. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I just always thought, man, who gives a shit? Yeah, it's such a great way to handle that. Yeah. Like local morning where they're just probably going to ask you a couple questions and you're like, uh, these questions again, yeah. give the same answers. It's like, Instead, you just get weird. It, it's and a, it's so great. Yeah, because it's normally a worse version of Comics Unleashed. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's what morning news is. And, yeah. and, and every, every, sta- every city you go to, you got to do Good Morning Phoenix do it. or whatever. You got to do it. And I, I like doing it. But it, for me, then it became fun. It made the press fun. Mm-hmm. Well, you're making it. It's like one time Bill Burr was working out a Conan set yeah. at the store, and he does his five minutes, and he goes, you know, it's so fucked up. The only way any of you are going to hear about this is if I fail miserably. <laughs> it's like, if I do well, nothing changes. I got to, like, fall down, knock yeah. the mic over. And it's like, yeah, you're, if you go on and just do your very respectful interview and plug the show... No one remembers it. We're like, that yeah. guy, uh, Steve Byrne was on, took his shirt off, just started licking everybody. You're like, yeah. oh, it's great. Let's go see him on Saturday. <laughs> so the reason I brought that up is because we're, uh, our next episode, we're going to have Lauren Savon on. Okay. If that's how you say her last name. She works at Fox Morning. Okay. Um, and I was looking up stuff on her. Oh, no. Did I do something there? It, I, I love that you don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because it's just like, it was like a little segment. So I was looking up stuff on her. I'm like, oh, she interviewed Byrne. Who's he's gonna be our guest tomorrow? I'm, I'm gonna watch this clip, and I watch the clip, and you guys are you're sitting there talking, and she's trying to ask you questions, and you're just talking about anything else. You're like, oh yeah, the stairs stair- to nowhere, the That's stairs right, to nowhere, yeah. and then some garden in the back. Yeah, or I was something. like, let's do yoga in that fake garden, and then you picked up the succulent on the table, and you're like, look, none of this is real. It's just a set, and it's you all fake. bit the succulent, yeah. <laughs> and re- and the look on her face was just she was like jaw drop, like. <laughs> just staring at you and I couldn't tell I was like I was like is she really reacting like this or not yeah and then, then you told her that you didn't like her tone yeah <laughs> and meanwhile yeah. half the time she's just quiet she's just like is this guy trying for real to be nice. yeah. she's trying to have like a real interview I'm like you know I don't appreciate that tone I don't, I don't, I don't know like, where that came I don't like from your, I don't like where this is going yeah <laughs> and then she goes the attitude she goes I was just trying to conduct a serious interview with a funny man and then you were like, okay, I know. and then you answer the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It because was so let's make great. sure we tell her we don't like her tone after right, everything right, right, she yeah. says. She was cute. She's very cute. Yeah, yeah she was a, a really nice girl too. Yeah, <laughs> she's very nice. But in yeah. a weird way, I feel like isn't that our job? We're the, you're the comedian. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely. I thought you didn't do anything wrong, but it was just it was so awkward that I want to know what happened after. Was she like? 
was she like, hey, that was great? Or was she like, Jesus Christ, I didn't know where you were going. I got really, because she seemed a little like uneasy. Like I've never had this happen to me before. Yeah, it was like a nice sucker punch. Yeah. <laughs> what? what? So, it was like a nice sucker punch yeah. for you. It was a cute sucker punch. Yeah. What was her yeah. reaction after like the other, uh, and cut? Was uh, she, she like, was, Jesus, man. <laughs> no, she was She was laughing. She had fun. Okay, and then the, the, the crew was all laughing and they're like, oh, that was yeah. fun. and Because uh, I think they're just so used to sterile, boring, mundane, yeah. you know, somebody coming in teach you how to make crepes after the <laughs> right. yoga lady and then they, you got to adopt the kitten. It's just like, yeah. who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. So it's get just... on down to the car wash. They're going to be there from 12 to 4, bring some canned goods. You're yeah. Like, oh, boy. <laughs> well, I think in a weird way, that's like the inverse of stand-up becoming kind of cool, whereas now comedians maybe think they're cool and so when they go on a thing like that, they're like, they want to they like maintain looking cool. It's like, we're not cool, man. Yeah. That's None of sort of cool. the point. That's how we got into it. I hate I hate that when I see when I see a comedian that thinks they're cool, I'm like, God, no, no, no. Yeah. Like I don't want that from you. Yeah, you're defeating the person. <laughs> I want you to show me the way we're broken in the same way. Like right. I don't want I don't want you like, yeah, it's fucking all these girls. I'm like, well then what then what'd you come here for? Yeah, comedy at, at its root is about failure. Yeah. You know, you don't want to you don't wanna you you don't wanna cheer somebody across the finish line. You wanna talk about the person that tripped before yeah. the finish line and how how heartbreaking that is and finding humor in that that's, yeah. that's like wow you really comedy. thought you're it's agony of defeat with uh, you know a banana peel involved that's why so yeah. many comics get like mad when there's like a like a charming good looking dude that's like always always has a hot girl around oh yeah like, we hate that piece them. of shit <laughs> we hate it I want to find out what's wrong with them immediately just so I can yeah. not be as mad but then if they're funny on stage you're like alright fine yeah. Like, okay, fine. fine. It's just a coincidence. When yeah. I was uh, working at the Comedy Cellar, it's when John Mayer started coming in to do stand-up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he went up and was talking about, like, banging hot girls and all the ass. And yeah, relatable stuff. All this stuff. Anyone, I, that's what I was, I was like, <laughs> well, that's just definitely relatable. Yeah. <laughs> going to follow this. This reminds me of the time I had sex with Jessica Simpson. Oh, yeah. wait. No, that didn't happen at all. I remember Polly used to do that for a little bit. He would, like, he, he was talking about, like... um how hard it is to date strippers or something like that. And then like, is there some line about how she Enough came... Enough about Polly Shore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the subtitle to our yeah. podcast. Yes. Um, and how we take him up to his mansion or something like that. And I was just like, how many people are in any crowd are going to be like, dude, I know what you're talking totally. about. Totally. Yeah. Just him. Yeah. Yeah, just John Mayer going, yeah, doesn't it suck how heavy Grammys are? Yeah. What? Are they? I don't know. I've never touched one. <laughs> you know when girls get wet when they hear you play guitar? Yeah, it's like, I, I had a mantle, but now there's too many Grammys, so I got a, I got a guy over there building a fucking mantle. I know he's fucking me. I know I'm getting screwed on this mantle build. <laughs> like, this isn't, I don't like, is this a contractor bit? <laughs> I don't buy into this at all. <laughs> you guys had a, like, a. there was a while there. It was you and, like, Dove, Sebastian, Brett Ernst. Where it was like the cool dude frat guy kind of comedy thing. It kind of felt like because you guys were like, like not pussies. You were not pussies. Yeah, that's the only you, you were all played sports. Yeah, you into sports. sports. Yeah, it was like a different view for me. I was just like, I didn't know when I was starting comedy. You never assumed comics would be like cool, good looking, had friends, into sports, in shape. You know, like all that's and just like good with girls. And I was just like, that's like a new. It was like a new thing. Yeah, we all moved here at the same time or started kind That's of That's what I time, remember every fun. you guys all kind of showing up at the store at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like I honestly that really you guys changed the comedy store. You really did. Yeah. Because the lineups before that were not so, were like there Dom, was ha- half Dom the was lineup me that, that was bad. Night. And there were old like old people from yeah. like back and in the day. Basically you guys f- 
pushed those people out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was like what was left was that half the lineup of the people that started the storm were good by then, Caparillo and, and, and Sebastian and, and Renazizi. And then they got rid of all the other people. And then it was you and Madrigal and Dove and like other, you know, then Neil showed up, people like that. It was yeah. like young, cool, and fun. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, it's it was fun. Like now, I go there just to work. But before, yeah. I used to go there to hang. You know, now yeah. I'm married. I got a kid. And yeah, was, yeah. I, I had probably one of the best summers of my life was when I first passed at the store, and we would all go to a baseball park by the Grove and play home run derby, and we time it out so we'd finish home run derby, walk through the Grove right when the Price is Right let out, mm-hmm. and see all the girls with the name tags. <laughs> this is great. And story. we would approach every one of them. I go, hey, we're at the comedy store tonight. We're comics. Why don't you guys come up to the... Yeah. Like, Are you serious? We can come to the comedy store? Yeah, absolutely. And every night, there were girls from Ohio State or Indiana University, and then we go across the street to the Standard, and it was just so fun. I had yeah. a blast. Cut to that exact moment. Nick and I are both in a co- separate coffee shops writing jokes about, and girls are hard to talk to. <laughs> as you listen to John Mayer. Yeah, as we're right, crushing right. John Mayer in cardigans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you first told me that story, I was like, so that's how you did it. Because it would yeah. always just be like these hot girls showing up to the store. I'm just like... Where? How does? How do these guys do this? You mean David Taylor saying next to you in the parking lot? Like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> what is going on here? Are we gonna have to get writers' jobs? God damn it! Because especially in LA, like, there's a lot of very attractive people that live out here, but you never see the smoking hot girls anywhere. No, the comedy store looks like the bar scene from Star Wars most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I was there, I always thought, I always thought to myself, these people are waiting for a bus. Yeah, like so they were at they were, they got they were at a it's Greyhound so station funny. and their bus. They're like, oh, that bus got canceled. You got four hours to kill. Go to the comedy store. And they're like, all right, yeah, like that's what I pictured. It was always just this weird mix. Yeah, of it's just, not a hub of like this is where attractive people go. It's not like a nightclub. It's like where all the guests that have ever been on Springer go to watch a stand up show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, could you you wouldn't be like, hey, where are you guys from? And they'd be like, New York. They'd be like, yeah, Mojave. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, I'm from Barstow. You're like, oh, okay. Really? Yeah, you'd, like you'd get Barstow? Tur- yeah, I would- Fresno, yeah. Riverside. It's just like... Yeah, a lot of that. Like Ventura County. You're like, okay, is this a vacation? It's a lot of yeah. like, yeah, like Ford F-250 driving blue collar. Came down here for a court appearance. Hit the yeah. company store. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what it sort of... A lot of that time, that's what it sort of felt like. And then all of a sudden, cooler comics brought in kind of cooler crowds. And it was just different all of a sudden. They were like better people there yeah yeah i, I don't know I, i've heard that a few times from some people like dom arrera was telling yeah. me that a few weeks ago we god that dude's fucking hilarious yeah um so I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it i i mean i'm just glad to be at the store because i remember hearing all those stories watching the e true hollywood story on the comedy store thinking that place is awesome and it's kind of like every comic i think you know dreamt of doing the tonight show when you were younger I think because, you know, with Carson, yeah. at least yeah. I did when I was growing up. I saw, I, I, I watched Johnny Carson. Nowadays, I don't think, I don't know who is the late night talk show guy you want to yeah, do. I don't know. But, uh, but I always wanted to do The Tonight Show. And when I was moving out to L.A., I'm like, I got to perform at the Comedy Store. Yeah. It just seems like that's the place. It's interesting. I, I mean, I, I've talking about it. There are kind of like three club, three or four clubs in the country I think of when I think of famous comedy clubs. It's the Comedy Store, the Comedy Cellar, the Punchline. Yeah, like those are the ones that spring to mind immediately. Yeah, the cellar. Even I was, I was great, grateful to even perform there because on a nightly basis it was always. I remember one night, back to back to back to back. It was Robin Williams, Seinfeld, Chris Rock, and Chappelle. That's and what was the, what was the admission to get in that night? 
Uh, I think it was like ten bucks on a Tuesday. It's that's, that's insane. That's a ch- by the way. That's a charity event, <laughs> benefiting AIDS Yo, that yeah. cost a hundred grand a plate. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's some like Amfar. There's ribbons everywhere, and then Elton John plays. Like that lineup is bananas. People yeah. lost their mind. Yeah, in that club, yeah. they were just going. Just going fucking nuts because each guy came out. And you're like, no way. Yeah. You're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And then I remember, I think it was Godfrey. He was hosting, and after the fourth one, all the other comics had left. Yeah, I'm like, well, fuck it, I'm not going on tonight because yeah. you know these guys are going to stay on for a while, or whatever. And I, I was like, well, I'll stay on. And then uh, he goes, you guys are never going to believe it. Eddie Murphy's here, and the place went crazy. He goes, I'm just joking, Steve Burn. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he brought you up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Such a dick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So <laughs> in a weird way though that's better because if they've just been like guys this next guy like try to be like he's a funny dude too it's yeah. better to just shit on you a little yeah absolutely Give me something. I remember having to follow Dice he just killed one night and but the whole crowd was an insurance company that had come there for like a corporate you know like hey let's a uh, team building exercise <laughs> and I went up on stage I was like guys just imagine like before you were here there was like a better insurance company <laughs> <laughs> that, that was like the best and you guys are a good insurance company but it's like whew, State Farm was in here just really tearing this bitch <laughs> to pieces <laughs> and it's it's weird I mean I've I feel like when you follow that kind of heat you're like your first five minutes is a wash yeah. and then you get it and then they're like if they stay a lot of them leave. If, if you saw four comics like that, people are like, we did it. And they just fucking leave. But the ones who stay are like, all right, they'll give you, after five minutes, they're like, let's give this guy a shot. Yeah, you get a grace period. And then Absolutely. those feel, if you do well, that feels like a real victory. You're like, I did yeah. it. This is some of the best like training as a comic I ever got was, was I was always later on in the schedule at the Comedy Cellar. So Chappelle would come in. This is when Chappelle's show was on the air and he was in New York. And he'd come in and he'd do two hours, two and a half hour sets. Good Lord. And so... All the other comics would be like, well, fuck that. I'm not waiting. Yeah. But I was always like, well, I'm here. I'm going to wait. Follow that and I'll shit. Go. Yeah. And for like two years straight, every time he came in, I'd follow him. And it just taught me that the audience doesn't care. Because in your head as a comic, you're thinking, well, I'm never going to be him. Jesus, how can yeah. I follow? They don't give a shit. As soon as the next person comes up, you got a minute or two to win him over, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You just do your thing. So it's never, you should never, you know, like you said, I, I guess just put yourself next to that guy or whatever. I mean, it's, it's tough to follow the heat of a certain Oh, comic, for sure. But, yeah. but the audience, they don't, I, I don't think they give a shit. If you have a end. good joke and you tell it, and if you get, that's the thing, you just need their trust. If you can just get them to laugh relatively quick, they're like, all right, we laughed. Yeah. And, and if you don't see him, yeah, if you don't see him afraid or you keep making comments about how you're not, oh, I'm no, I'm no so and so, they're gonna yeah. be like, okay, yeah, you keep I think talking yeah, about exactly. It, just move on. I think you acknowledge the situation a little so you don't look crazy. Like I've seen guys try to follow someone famous and they're just like, what's up, everybody? You're yeah. like, uh, yeah. no, 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 no. You look, yeah. you, are you well, that insane? Was their wave, not yours. You got to yeah. be like, dude, give it up for that. I mean, shit, we didn't. That was awesome. Like That's you have to literally comedy juice. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, like to just you know they can't. I've, I always see there's an important thing that I notice some comedians don't do is be aware of what's happening in this because that's what I think people oh, yeah. think of as an important part of being a comedian is like you're aware of things your job is to comment on things that's yeah. what clubs like seller and the store do to you for you yeah, where you just you don't go me. up and like because you know you have it in your head sometimes you're like I'm going to open with this then I'm going to go to there then I'm going to do that then I'm going to close yeah. with that yeah. but then if some like if you all of a sudden have to follow Attell or Dice or Chappelle you can't, you're like, well, I got to change the game plan now. Like, I can't just open with what I was going to open. Yeah. Or if there's a heckler that won't shut up, that no one's kicking out, which is classic comedy store. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the door guy's down the street hitting on some girl, <laughs> yeah. or like, you know, and there's just someone heckling and heckling. You can't just go up and be like, so anyway, traffic. 
It's like yeah. when you see someone try to go back to a bit that was cut in half by a heckler, and you're like, yeah. sorry, man. It's like farting on the first date. It's over. Yeah, yeah. It's done. <laughs> don't get a second chance. Nope. And if you don't acknowledge those hecklers, then you lose credibility. Yeah. And then they're not mm. on board with you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Were they I like? Mean, I can. Gl- I I go really. I Whitney and I were talking about this. We were on the road together, and we both have what we call OR timing, which is way too fast. Because yeah. I don't want to give hecklers like a, a window. Yeah. So like sometimes I can just haul ass. Pa- I'm too busy talking, and they bis- they just get tired. They just they they give up because they can't find a space. But then when you go do like a bigger room, you're just like, oh, they didn't hear any of those jokes. Yeah. <laughs> because I was just going far too quickly. Yeah. Like Someone who doesn't have that time. problem is Sebastian. No. Yeah. Sebastian doesn't have that problem. He just at all. takes his time. And just gets there. Yeah. I like when Sebastian gets a heckler and he just looks. Le- he just looks at the crowd like, <sighs> like doesn't actually <laughs> yeah. say anything. Just like, yeah, disgusting. That's a guy. If you transcribe his act, you're like, there's nothing funny here. I don't understand it. It's people. No, have this dis- guy's just talking about, and, but he is. It's him. Like, yeah. I, I I don't know how else to describe him. But that <laughs> dude is fucking hilarious. He's I so well, I've watched him. his act more than anyone else's act. It makes me laugh every single time. Yeah, he he's somebody I I always see at the store. I'm like, how does he not have a show? How yeah. is somebody? He just got one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's writing. Yeah. He's yeah. writing oh, it wow, on ABC. Good. He's writing this the script, right? Yeah, show with ABC. Yeah, I'm like, that's he, awesome. He's, yeah. Every comic wants a voice. Oh, that's what you ha- yearn for. He's, he's had it. Well, it. I've heard, st- and I wasn't there before. I was at the store. I heard stories that there was a period where Sebastian wasn't good, and I'm like, that's impossible. Yeah, like in my head, it doesn't compute. But I, I guess he used <laughs> to do his act really fast. So you couldn't get the sense of his actual disgust. Or he was like too angry, I think. Yeah, so he was just like, I got to stare at your hoof. I'm trying to buy fruit. And like, it didn't give people a chance to like really feel his disdain. Yeah. That's the thing. When you feel his literal disdain, you're like, oh man, I wish. And the timing. It's like his timing is so special. It's like he just, you know, like anybody, just took him a little while to like lock it in. And then when it did, it was just over. It's just destruction. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny. Like, that's a guy, how has he not, for example, been invited to do UCB or Meltdown or something? Yeah. That's somebody where they go, oh, he's a comedy store guy, fuck him, whatever. But he would kill. I, I, he's, yeah. He would kill they anywhere. They would, the crowd, that's the thing. In a weird way, the, the, like, the crowds would love him. Oh, yeah. It's like, I don't think the crowds are the ones with these predispositions. It's not them. It's it's maybe the other people in maybe picking or at the. It's the nerd, the comedy nerds that are blogging about that shit. They're also they're the ones that are. They're also want to be protective of their thing, so they you know everyone wants to make sure they're getting spots and it's their friends or whatever. But like, right? Sebastian would crush one of those rooms, right? But that's why those rooms exist, though. Too, those rooms exist because it's the alternative to the store and the improv, and I I totally get that. Well, that's the thing. It's cheaper. Yeah, and it like you know meltdowns five bucks. Mm-hmm. You get to see. I, I I mean any of those lineups, you get to see some really good standups a lot of time. Rory Scovel's always oh, yeah. doing, you know and, and people like that, and they're very very good. Yeah, and I think and also I think the crowds think of it as like it's they they think of it as theirs. Yeah, no one goes to the comedy store and is like this is my place. Whereas like if right. you go to Meltdown, you're like this is this cool little thing that started small, it turned cool. I I was I I was there in the beginning. This yeah. is our little thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's I think they feel an ownership to it, and I I to a certain degree I do like that. I I do too. I think it's I I've never done it. I have never been to the show, but I think it's a fucking kick ass idea. By the way, to have a comedy show in a comic in a comic store. I know the I owner of the comic time. book store because look at me. And <laughs> I was yeah. talking to him, and I was like. I was like, yeah, you have the cool show in the city. He was like, no, no, seriously. I was like, yeah, there's more people here on a Wednesday than there are at any other of the clubs. 
Yeah. He's like, no way. It's more, like it's a, more talked about. The comedy about. store doesn't hold like a thousand people. I was like, nobody. <laughs> no, it does not. I mean, it's literally yeah. becoming a Comedy Central TV show. Yeah. That's how popular it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're turning it into one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Into like a live stand-up show. Like yeah. tape there, the whole deal. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad for them. It's great. Anything that's just getting co- stand-up on popular and on TV, it's like, yeah, yeah good, more. More, more, more of that. Yeah. 100%. Just, I don't want to ever have a job. <laughs> I just want to do that. Ugh. I just don't ever want to have one of those those jobs that people Every have. time I fly, I just see people and I'm just like, I, I'm so fucking glad yeah. to do stand-up. I don't look miserable. I don't have to talk to somebody that's yelling at me to get the numbers in. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like I couldn't imagine doing dry cleaning every day and just... Oh, You're always getting God. on a plane. I always hear a guy going, well, you're going to have to talk to Bob because I'm on a plane. Like yeah. they're just it's like yeah, worst. I can't look at those numbers right now. So you're, I'm going to be on a plane for five hours. So when I get down, I'll look at the numbers. And you're like, look at numbers. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want numbers. I don't want to. It's so unsettling. You see like a dude in like a cheap suit with like a Eesh. computer just sitting there like scratching his head or like his rubbing his temples. And like you look, and it's just some spreadsheet of things I've never seen or will yeah. understand. I'm just like. I need to work harder. I can't ever yeah, write some jokes. I don't ever no. want to. Yeah. yeah, not that. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the level of the level of luck, or just the. It's it's a pretty it's pretty spectacular, dude. How yeah. worried were you when your when your jaw when you broke your jaw? Because that was uh, in the middle of taping. Yeah, was I was like, hey, the network's gonna sue you, shit. Sue me? Yeah. No, no, no. God, no, no. They they were fantastic. The network was great. The studio was awesome. Um, once they found out what happened, uh, can but you talk I was, about it? Uh, I, I can talk about the the question you asked. Yeah, <laughs> the way it was framed because it's still a, like a pending legal okay, matter okay. that uh, I'm pursuing. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I was I was scared as all hell because it's in that moment, and I've always felt like I know that you know I, I have a responsibility every day I'm on the set. I don't yawn on the set because if I do, then it could be reflected to the camera guys or whatever. Yeah. I, I'm very conscious. Everything of like trickles thing. down from you. Yeah. So I, 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 in that moment, I knew I was responsible for employing like 200 people. Uh-huh. And I was in a situation that was really fucked up. And I'm like, I can't believe I put myself in that situation. That's just horrible. And, uh, and I was scared because I didn't know if it jeopardized the show, uh, the scheduling, if they could just yank it. Who knows? There was a million variables being tossed around, and I heard them all, and some of them weren't great, but you know, it, it was the situation. I was, I was scared, to be completely honest. Dude, it's I was the scared. The most scared I've ever I heard that. I was like, oh, God. We were all scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was definitely a tough time, but again, it's one of those things where you go through it, and you know, for six weeks, your jaw's wired shut. You can't, you know talk like you wanted to. I make a living talking. Yeah. yeah. So that was scary. I couldn't eat. I had to drink everything through a straw. Oh it was just horrible. And but now you've got amazing abs. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank really you. cut you up. It's an incredibly humbling experience though. That yeah, at bet. the end of the day was just I, I Yeah. And 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 I'm I'm healthy, but knowing that there's people out there that are sick, they're going through a lot worse things, I just really appreciated my health so much more and decided, you know, I should get try to get healthier out of the situation too because having anything you know wrong with your body just I don't know I just Dude, I've seen you eat me. some horrifying food 
Yeah. You remember we were we were in <laughs> Sacramento? Like an Dude, it was crazy. We were in Sacramento at the punchline, and where the punchline is up there, there's not a lot of stuff. You've been there. Yeah. yeah. Was this there's a cheesesteak place? This is the cheesesteak oh, place. Yeah. yeah, I crushed that Mongolian barbecue joint right there. I right haven't across, had that. Yeah, I've yeah. had that. Yeah. Dirty. So Dirty. He, I lived there for a summer and used to eat there every night. <laughs> oh, that's right. You did live there. Yeah. So he texts so me on like day two or whatever we're there, and he's like, dude, let's go get something to eat. I'm like, what's there to eat around here? He's like, you haven't been to a cheesesteak place? I'm like, I didn't even know it was there. He's like, yeah, yeah. It's like right around the corner. I'm like, yeah. It's next to Arby's, my other favorite place. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, man. Food. They wave you as you walk by. You're not yeah. coming in, Steve. I'll yeah. see you tomorrow. Steve, welcome back. <laughs> um, five for five? <laughs> I had no clue it was there. I just assumed there was nothing around there. Yeah. He said, I'll meet you there. So I meet up with you, and you're like, dude, this place is so good. I'm like, wait, you were here? You already came here? You're like, yeah, yesterday. I'm like, oh. And then you're like... <laughs> And you look down, you're like, twice. <laughs> You'd already eaten there two times. And then we were there the third time. And you're like, and I'm, I mean, I'm probably coming back tomorrow. I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm coming I back love tomorrow. being ashamed of food. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. It's, I love it's it. So but it was funny. so good because you're like, and they have the hockey game. And you're just, uh, it was like watching you become 15 again. Where it, was just, it became like Chuck E. Cheese or something. Where That's why like, I love Simone's joke. He's like, you know, in my 30s now, all I want to do is, is curl up under my sheets and eat a pizza and watch a movie. Oh, yeah. Like, Love that. That's <laughs> so awesome. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. Well, you got a meeting. I do. I, yeah. I, I do have to use your, your restroom, too. Steve has showbiz to tend to. I know. He's got a... Uh, I have show business, guys. He has show oh, business to tend to. Business. You and I have to go to that same coffee shop in Cardigans and write about yeah, our hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got big shows at Meltdown coming up, so we got to get ready for them. Fuck yeah, we yeah. do. Um, <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, though. Dude, I thanks for it, doing it. Yeah. Please come Absolutely. do it anytime you want. You know where I live now. Yeah. Dude, great house. And by the way, the best hair in comedy right here. Oh, Nick's hair is to be Jesus. Thank you. That is, it literally looks like a Greek crown. Yeah, this kid's, <laughs> kid's got a great salad. God the, bless you. A Greek crown and salad, two things I've never heard to describe hair. <laughs> I got my friend, I think my friend John Bronson refers to men's hair. He's like, oh, this guy's got a great, great salad up top. I like that. It's good. That's old school. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. My bald friends refer to my hair as fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I've told you a million times I'd kill a homeless person for that hairline. <laughs> Pretty good. Awesome. You, I think you've Thank overtaken you. Ren easy. Yeah. Yeah, fuck him. Um, and Justin Martindale. Yours is like a preceding hairline. It, it like it comes down year Yeah, yours year, is right? getting yeah. lower. I have yeah. to shave my forehead. You're like a Jewish settlement. <laughs> it's overtaking my head <laughs> and my that. you know my eyes are the yeah. swimming pools that they build. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're gonna end on racism no, not. <laughs> but yeah come back if you want yeah absolutely I'd yeah love we'd to. love it thank you guys so much for having me Appreciate thank you steve byrne watch his show sullivan and son on television it, on tbs yeah, very, TBS. Funny. very, very funny. funny very funny that. all right <laughs> see you later guys